Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Let us worship the risen Christ. Sing the glad songs of victory. God is creating a day of newness and joy. Christ has risen, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. We are chosen by God as witnesses to good news. We will live and recount the deeds of our God. Please remain standing and join with me in our opening hymn, Christ the Lord is Risen Today.
Please join with me in the opening prayer. With thanksgiving, praise, and joy, we worship you, marvelous God. How amazing is all your creation. How glorious is this day of new life. Coming among us now, we pray, to raise us up from our fears and doubts and perplexity. We want to believe. We want to trust. We want to dare. We want to live. Touch us today with a spirit of hope that our discipleship may honor Christ, in whose name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Good morning, church. Grace and peace to you from the risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What a joy it is to be in worship with you this morning on this beautiful Easter morning. Welcome to all of you. If you haven't already, I would encourage you to sign the attendance pads that are in each of the pews. We want to have a record of your presence here with us on this joyous day. Welcome as well to those worshiping with us online. We pray for Easter blessings for you as you join us in worship. A reminder that following the service today, we will have uh, refreshments down in the Fellowship Hall. There will be an Easter egg hunt uh, out by the gazebo, which is just out past the Fellowship Hall. So come on down to the Fellowship Hall after worship today. Join us for a time of fellowship and refreshments and, and uh, join with the, the kids as they search for the Easter eggs uh, before you go off to your Sunday school classes. Today is the last day for our special Lenten offering. We've, uh, throughout the season of Lent, we've been collecting uh, an extra offering for, to support our Vacation Bible School. And uh, so thank you to those who have been uh, contributing to that extra offering uh, to support the children uh, for our Vacation Bible School. And those dates are in your uh, bulletin inserts in the announcements, uh, the dates for VBS. So make sure you go ahead and get those on your calendar now. And uh, take this home with you. This is uh, your reminder of things that are coming up. There's our Rock Out for Mental Health 5K that's uh, coming up on May 7th. Uh, you can sign up to run or to walk, or you can uh, be a sponsor for that. And uh, some other announcements there, so make sure that you take note of those. Uh, there's your Easter um, flower uh, insert. Thank you to those who have contributed the beautiful flowers up here this morning. And uh, there's uh, that insert about who those are given in memory of and in honor of. So uh, feel free to come up and, and take those following the service if you ordered one of those. Uh, we want to uh, continue our worship now as we uh, join in our prayer hymn. As you remain seated, will you turn to number 314 and sing together in the garden?
us pray. Oh, what a joy it is to walk with you, Lord, to know and to feel your gracious presence with us, walking in that beautiful garden, walking with us through our homes and along our daily journeys, knowing that you are always there, watching over us, wrapping your arms around us, loving us, strengthening us. Lord, thank you for loving us so deeply. Lord, we know that without the cross, there would not be the forgiveness of sins, and without the resurrection, there would not be life. And so we celebrate this day and every day that gift of life that comes only from you through your sacrifice, through your gift. Lord, may we always be mindful of that great promise that you have given to us and the way that you have laid out before us, the way to life and life eternal. Lord, continue to bless us Individually bless us in our families, bless us as a church as we continue to minister to one another, to love one another through the love that you have poured out upon us and within us. May everything that we do bring glory to you and be a light of salvation, a pointer to the truth of the gospel. We pray, Lord, for resurrection. We pray for those who are going through trials and struggles, who feel like they're at a dead end, that they may experience and embrace that promise of resurrection, new life, the fact that you are always making a new way, that with you there is no death, there is no end. Lord, may we glory in that, and may that bring us through all of our struggles, all of our trials. We pray all these things in the name of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, as we offer to you now the prayer that he teaches us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We continue to worship our God through the giving of our tithes and offerings as the ushers come to wait upon us.
Please join me in the prayer of dedication. Thank you, God, for resurrection. We rejoice in Christ as the first fruits of all that you make available to us. As you offered Christ to the world, so we would offer ourselves. May we, along with our gifts, testify to good news of your forgiving love and empowering acceptance. Amen. Please remain standing for the reading of the gospel. Our gospel lesson comes from Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. The resurrection of Jesus. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had repaired, prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how we told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again? Then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in, and he saw the linen clothes by themselves. Then he went home amazed at what had happened. The word of God for the people of God. Thank you. 
Then they remembered his words. That's what verse 8 of Luke 24 says. Then they remembered his words. It's a very significant verse, that verse 8. In some ways, it might be the key to unlocking the mystery of the Easter story. For it is in that verse that the truth of Jesus' resurrection became real to the women who were the first witnesses on that first Easter morning. And it is through that same verse that the truth of Jesus' resurrection becomes real to countless people still today. Before we get to that, though, we must first acknowledge the fact that there are many people today for whom the truth of Jesus' resurrection has not become real. Probably even some here in worship today who, for whom the truth of Jesus' resurrection is not real. That was the case for me for many Easter Sundays. I sat in church with my family every Easter, not because of the truth of the gospel, not because I knew that I could find life in Jesus Christ. I didn't know that. And not even because I was searching for God. I wasn't. I sat in church on Easter Sunday because I was raised in a Christian family, and that's what we did. It meant something for them for me to be there that day, even if it didn't mean anything to me. Truth be told, though, it did mean something to me. The, the breathtaking arrangement and glorious smell of all the fresh flowers, the joyful music, the cheerful atmosphere. I could sense that there was something special about it all, and it did have an effect on me. I just didn't understand what it was, what it all meant, how this ancient and fantastical story had anything to do with me and my run-of-the-mill life. So if that's where you are today, I get it. If you're not even sure why you're here today, I get it. The women who went to the tomb on that Sunday morning 2,000 years ago were every bit as perplexed as you are, as any of us have ever been. They did not have any idea what they were going to find there that morning. They were not anticipating a joyful Easter celebration full of song and fresh flowers and good cheer. They went there to the tomb in mourning, in grief. They didn't go looking for an empty tomb. They went in search of a dead body, a dead body that belonged to a man who had meant the world to them, a man who had meant the world to them, but then he had been arrested. False accusations had been brought against him. The fickle crowds had turned on him. He had been stripped and flogged in humiliating manner. He had been nailed to a cross, left there to die, and that's exactly what happened to him. He died. His lifeless body was placed in a tomb. On Sunday morning, the women came back to the tomb, bringing with them spices and ointments to anoint the dead body, to prepare it for a proper burial. That's all they expected to find. That's all they expected to happen that day. They would anoint the dead body, commit it to a proper burial, and then return back home to their mundane, dreary lives. So if you came here today not expecting a resurrection, not expecting anything special to happen, expecting that you would fulfill what was required of you and then go back to your regular mundane life, well, you're in very good company. That's exactly what the very first witnesses to the resurrection expected as well. 
But then, then everything changed. They got to the tomb, and, and they found that the stone had already been rolled away. And they went into the tomb, and they found it empty. Something very odd had happened. They didn't yet know what. They couldn't imagine why the body was gone. We may wonder today, why not? Why didn't they know? Jesus had been telling them all along that he would be killed, and three days later he would rise again. Why didn't they know? Why, Why didn't they believe? But how could they? How could they have any understanding of what Jesus had been talking about until they saw it happen? When they saw the tomb empty, their minds immediately went to, who took the body away? Where have they placed it? And if we're being honest about it, that's what any one of us would have thought in their place that day. Then two angels stood before them and reminded them of what Jesus had taught them. Remember how he told you that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. And that brings us to verse 8. Then they remembered his words. That is the moment when the resurrection became real to them. That is the moment when they realized what had happened, what was really going on, and this new reality changed everything for them. Before that moment, they they knew that there was something special about that day, something different was happening, but they couldn't understand what or why or, or what any of it would mean for them. But when they remembered what Jesus had said, and they put that together with the fact of the empty tomb, then they knew. Even before they met the risen Christ, they knew Jesus is alive. When Luke tells us, then they remembered his words. They didn't just remember his words about his death and resurrection. That is That is the first thing that they remembered, and they they realized that it had come true. And without that, nothing else that he said mattered. But once they knew that, that that was true, once they knew that he had died and risen just like he said, then everything else that he said mattered, because everything else that he said was true. They remembered his promise, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And now, now they knew it was true. Their master was not gone. He had not abandoned them. He had not failed them. He was alive and he would be with them forever. They remembered his claim, I have chosen you. All that the Father has given me, no one can snatch out of the Father's hand. And now, they knew it was true. They were indeed loved and claimed by God. Their redemption would not be undone. They remembered his words, in the world you will face persecution, but take courage, I have overcome the world. And now, they knew it was true. God's love is stronger even than death. No evil could come against them that would separate them from God's love in Christ Jesus. No power in this world could take away the life that they have been given in Christ. 
they remembered his offer of peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. And now, now they had that peace. They had come into the garden lost and alone and bewildered. Now they were going out in truth. They had come into the garden in fear. Now they were going out in faith. They had come into that garden grieving, but they were going out rejoicing. They had come in with heavy hearts, burdened by the weight of sin and death and failure and trials. Now they were going out in peace. Peace. Hope. Joy salvation. That is what the women found at the empty tomb on that first Easter morning. But these didn't come to them simply by seeing that the tomb was empty. Just being there wasn't enough. These gifts came to them when they remembered the words of Jesus. They remembered the words of Jesus and they knew that those words were true. They believed the promises had been fulfilled. The same is true today when it comes to the resurrection, when it comes to life in Christ. Just being here today as we celebrate the resurrection, that's not what does it. Like I said, I I sat in church on many an Easter Sunday before the resurrection became real to me. Just like with the women at the tomb 2,000 years ago, it became real when they remembered the words of Jesus and realized those words had been fulfilled And it's the same with us. The resurrection becomes real to us when we remember the words of Jesus and know that those words were for us and that they are true. It's easy to forget that. It's easy to forget that wrapped up as we are in the way things are, the -the run-of-the-mill world. It's not so much that we disbelieve it. It's just that we don't really think about it all that much. We have our daily tasks to worry about. Getting ourselves up in the morning, getting the kids off to school, getting ourselves off to work, taking care of our own business, worrying about other people's business, keeping our medications straight, wondering about that new bump that we noticed in the shower this morning. Perhaps I should call the doctor. Trying to find some time to run the errands, get some exercise, Check on that relative who hasn't been well. Try to stay calm in traffic. Try not to go off on that one person who always presses the wrong buttons. Get home at the end of a long day and the house is still a mess and the spouse isn't being much help because after all, they had just as long of a day as we did. Those are just some of the things we face day to day. You have your own, probably many others. Some are very concerning take up a lot of thought and energy, loved ones who are ill, someone who's struggling with depression or battling addiction, especially if they don't seem to be winning that battle at the moment. Other things are are much more trivial in comparison, but even the trivial things, even the trivial things can grab our attention and make our blood pressure go up. Many of our struggles are, are similar, perhaps some are unique to you, perhaps some cause you to feel 
alone and lost, sometimes maybe even beyond hope. Whatever your particular challenge is, I can tell you this for certain, whatever you are facing, it makes a huge difference when you remember the words of Jesus. When you remember the words of Jesus and you know that those words were meant for you and that he is delivering on those words even now, that makes a world of difference. That's why I say that verse 8 is so key to this passage from Luke 24. Prior to verse 8, the women were in despair. Jesus had already been raised. Resurrection had already taken place, but they didn't know it yet. He had told them, even before it happened, that it would, but it wasn't real to them yet. They were still caught up in their grief, in defeat, in death. No hope that life would ever change. No hope for salvation. But when they remembered the words of Jesus, and they knew that those words were true, that they had been fulfilled, suddenly everything changed for them. And it's the same for us. Those here who have believed in the resurrection, who know that Jesus is alive, who remember his words, his promises, even in the most trying times, they know what I'm talking about. If you haven't experienced that yet, if you're not sure what the resurrection of Jesus has to do with you, if you have difficulty seeing beyond the challenges of the moment, I pray that this day would be an opportunity for you to remember the words of Jesus. Resurrection is already a fact. I pray that that fact becomes truth for you this day. You who are filled with anxiety and are constantly a bundle of nerves, I pray that you will remember Jesus' words, peace be with you. My peace I give to you. It doesn't mean you'll never be nervous again. But when those nerves begin to bubble up, you'll be able to find that calm and rest that comes as a gift of God. You who are carrying a heavy load, taking care of your family, taking care of everyone else, not sure how you can possibly manage to take care of yourself anymore, I pray you will remember Jesus' words. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You may still be stretched to your limit. You may still feel responsible beyond your means, but you will no longer be relying on your own means. You will be drawing from a supernatural source, given strength and resolve that come only from the Lord. You who are fearful of death, I pray you will remember the words of Jesus, I am the resurrection. I am life. Whoever believes in me, even though they die, yet shall they live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. You who feel isolated and alone, I pray you will remember the words of Jesus, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Those were the words that got through to me 
on an Easter Sunday some 28 years ago. I was lost and alone, feeling sorry for myself. And then I sensed the presence of Jesus with me. I knew he was sitting right there beside me. And the message he had for me that day was, you are never alone. I am always with you. That was enough. That was all I needed to know to turn my life over to Him. Of course, all of that depends on the fact that He is alive. It all hinges on the truth of resurrection. And that is what the resurrection of Jesus has to do with us. That is why His triumph over the grave all those years ago is so important to us. Because if He was right about that, then he was right about everything else. Because if he is alive, then we can believe his promise of eternal life. If he is alive, then he is with us even now and even when we feel our most alone. If he is alive, then we never have to worry about carrying our own load and everyone else's burdens on top of it. We can trust it all to him and rely on his providence and his power. If he is alive, then we truly have nothing to fear. And we can live in his peace, even in the most trying of times. If he is alive. Let's no longer say, if he is alive. Let's proclaim it boldly. He is alive. Jesus Christ is risen just as He said. He gave us His word and His resurrection has proved His word to be true. All of His words to us are truth. And they become real to us. They become alive within us. They empower us for holy and faithful living whenever we but remember His words. Let us remember his words always and live in the truth of resurrection. Amen. I invite you to stand uh, as you are able for our closing hymn, which is number 307 in the hymnals. Christ is risen. Let us sing together.
please be seated, and I would ask you to please remain seated until the choir has uh, recessed out, and then you will be dismissed. Christ is indeed risen, and that resurrection means everything to us. So as you go from this place, may you go in the presence of the risen Christ, knowing that he is with you, that he walks beside you and leads you in his path this day and every day forevermore. In the name of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.